I do. I always wing things. Um, yeah, that's, that's what the, I count on. That's really. the best way. <laughs> Be quiet. That's how I know I'll win. That's the best way to do it. Just to wing the entire conversation. <laughs> so I know if I do any preparation whatsoever, I'll have a I'll leg up in the conversation. Wow, I am recording this, so people are going to hear behind the scenes content. Behind the scenes. Oh, that's only for premium subscribers. <laughs> Maybe I, I can convince my mom. Hey, mom, can you help out your son and, and pay 10 bucks a month? Well, should we get rolling? I guess. Well, on that note. Hey, everybody. I'm Rob McMichael, along with Tim Whitaker and Jordan Renault. This is our podcast, Coffee, Theology, and Jesus. Our purpose for this podcast is to discuss this messy, difficult, and amazing thing we call the Christian faith. As Christians, we are encouraged and challenged constantly to see what the Bible teaches us about who Jesus was and how he lived, and how we can better represent him and his message every day. Join us each episode as we explore how this relationship with Jesus affects everything from politics and religion to relationships and theology. Now that you know a little bit more about us, let's get into the episode for this week. Here we are in episode number 44, about to get ourselves in trouble. We decided to take on some recent viral news, the Gillette ad. My segue story left a bit to be desired, but our purpose in talking about this is to start the discussion of where toxic masculinity comes from, dispel any rumor that the Bible is to blame, and encourage all of us to be the men or women that God called us to be. Let's join the conversation for this week. Welcome, everyone, to the Coffee, Theology, and Jesus podcast. I am your host, Tim Whitaker, with my other great hosts, Jordan and Rob. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning. So I figured we'd try a new approach. <laughs> I just hit record. We didn't even know that we were re- recording, and so this is all for the world to see. <laughs> all of our off-the-air banter. Is it to keep us more like accountable In because of the topic of conversation before we start recording. That's right. I want you guys to know that yeah. someone's always listening. <laughs> Who is Jesus. it, Tim? Who is it's it? It's really Jesus, <laughs> but in this case, the audience acts as like a metaphor for Jesus. Interesting. Yes. Well, they were created in the image of God, so <laughs> there is that. Good point, good point, good point. Anyway, uh, well, we do definitely have a packed show. Is this even a show? Are we faking what? it right now? Is it a show? We have a packed episode for you. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, okay, this. there you go. Yeah. yeah. We're we're not fakers, we're authentic. Super <laughs> if authentic. If we were if we were also videotaping this, then it would be a show. Good point. Yeah. And if we had Secret- if we had lights and fog machines. Well, do right. you do you guys actually realize I've been recording every video for our premium subscriber? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that. Speaking of which, uh, yeah, we offer a premium subscription package. <laughs> it's you can, uh, one dollar yeah, a you month. Can, you can PM us. We'll give you a PayPal link. Yeah, yeah. we do accept Bitcoin. It's <laughs> it's ninety nine cents a month or one Bitcoin. Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> one Bitcoin is like what? It's still like thirty five hundred dollars or something. No, is it, is it worth that much? I, th- I thought it crashed. For uh, forty nine ninety nine, we will also teach you how to podcast. <laughs> We're going to be a- <laughs> learn how not to do any of it the right it's, way. It's just the monthly. It's the monthly cost. Learn yeah. how not to grow your fan base. Learn how not to promote this. <laughs> learn how not to post regularly. It's all there for forty nine dollars a month. How to be yeah. super yeah. hilarious. But uh, <laughs> but I was right. The Bitcoin is thirty five, thirty seven, and eighty six cents currently. Oh, all right. Well, good job, Rob. I don't know what that you. means. It means that for you to buy one Bitcoin would cost you thirty five hundred dollars. Oh, is that good? Uh well, it was at one point. Was it over like like ten thousand dollars at one point, Rob? It was over twenty thousand. Yeah, at one it really point. peaked and then it kind of popped. So, but those what did it start at? Oh, like low. I mean, it's a cryptocurrency. Like a dollar, right? Probably less. So, than if that. you had bought it like a few years ago, you would have made a lot of money. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, my little cousin told his parents back when it was like one cent per Bitcoin. He was like, <laughs> "Guys, 
I really want you to buy some Bitcoin. He's like, take $500 and I'll, I'll put my own 500 if you just buy it for me. And they said no. <laughs> Why didn't he just put his own 500 then? <laughs> he, he was only like, I don't know, 11 or 10 or 11 when, so he, could, he couldn't do it. Oh my gosh. Well, that's how, that, you, know, you know what though? There's something to that because I told my parents when I was a kid to buy Google stock. They never did. Or they bought it like when it was real cheap and sold it when it went down a little bit, and they could have made a killing, but it is what it is. Yeah. Remember that movie, Holes? Yeah. Uh, with, with Shia LaBeouf. Not sure where you're going with this, <laughs> that but was yes. The, that, was, that was the whole plot in the end of that movie was that uh, they the, the thing they the treasure they found was like old like AT&T stocks or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I've it seen like part of that, that movie. <laughs> What? You haven't seen that movie? Are you even a Christian? Dude, I feel like well, every Christian watched that movie. I watched Mighty Ducks. I mean, that was like that was my scene as a kid. Mighty Ducks 1, mm-hmm. Mighty Ducks 2, Heavyweights, Dunstan checks in, Blank Check. Uh, oh, Heathens. Uh, they were great, wholesome children's movies. No, we were watching VeggieTales, right, John? Uh, I watched Only Left Behind. Have you guys... <laughs> hold on. Speaking of terrible Christian movies, have you guys seen... The number one worst Christian movie of all time. Is it Jimmy? Pamela's Prayer? Pamela's Prayer. <laughs> have you? Yes, s- I have. Oh, I think we, I watched my- it with you. <laughs> yes, we probably did. Rob, have you seen Pamela's Prayer? Uh, no, but it was it. Is it worse than It's a Matter of Faith? Oh, dude, dude. I'll put it this way: Pamela's Prayer makes your church look like a charismatic Pentecostal women preachers like liberal theology church. <laughs> That's how bad Pamela's Prayer is. Is it on Netflix? I know. Oh, no, it. no. It's on yeah. YouTube. I mean, you can watch it in parts. I on YouTube. Oh, uh, it's, it's probably on, yeah, Pure Flix or but something. No, no, no. You're not hearing me. It's so bad that you can watch it in broken up parts on YouTube for free. It's one of those. Like, it was, uh, put, it was put on YouTube probably illegally, and no one cares enough to fight it. So it's just up there. Oh, yeah. The premise of the, of the whole movie is that this girl waits for her first kiss on her wedding day, all right? And Always it's, a bad idea. It's pretty, but listen, I get the idea of the movie, all right? I get it. Be pure before marriage. A very good Christian noble thing. But it's executed so poorly. First off, everyone calls everyone by their full name. It's not Pam. It's Pamela. It's not Fred. It's Frederick. It's not Dad. It's Father. It's, it's oh my gosh, it's <laughs> so bad. full name. <laughs> And it's also very stereotypical. Like the girl who dates a guy and they kiss, she ends up pregnant, you know, later on. It's <laughs> like it's like that. And at the end of the movie, to top it off, okay, so there's this recurring thread in the movie that every night Pamela's father prays with her before she goes to bed. Well, what's one of the last scenes on the movie? It's her in on her wedding night in the bedroom. And her dad calls her so they can pray together before she goes to bed on her wedding oh. night. I mean, that's highly spiritual. Oh, my. It's <laughs> four weird. Four out of four stars. <laughs> four out of four stars. <laughs> anyway, that for me, and my, if my mom's listening to this, she's probably crying and mad at me for bashing this movie because she loves it. I'm sorry, mother, but I got to call it out. It is a terrible movie. <laughs> there, I said it. And that was our new segment, uh, reviewing terrible Christian movies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's 2019. Time for something new. Yeah, there we go. Hmm. We'll, we'll have a new one next week. Yeah. Oh, we'll gosh. Post, post links in the description. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. For our premium subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the, uh, the uh, boxed DVD edition of Pamela's <laughs> Uh uh-uh, uh, VHS with, uh, baby, all the way, dude. Laser disc, baby, <laughs> laser disc, all the way. All right, it's gonna, it's gonna take off. If someone subscribes, we will watch this movie together and give commentary on the whole thing. Oh, what's, and then send it to you. <laughs> what's that movie? What, what's that concept? Is that Mystery Science Theater? Is that what that is? I think that's what I don't that think is. I've never watched that. No, but this is the Christian It'd version of that. Funny. We won't curse or make right. any any bad jokes. No it's at all. It's pure for the whole family. Mm. Hmm. Something, though, I did want to bring up before we get into our main topic of manliness, because that's where we're <laughs> heading today, is I did want to bring up, have you guys seen the, uh, the story of the uh, Catholic uh, schoolboys and like yeah, that yeah. video? 
the you, MAGA hat thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it, for those of you listening who maybe have not followed it, um, basically this this story came out out of the March for Life rally, which, by the way, no story ever comes out of there. No news outlet ever reports about it until something like this happens after the fact, but I digress. Um, it was pretty much where... The, the the it was painted the narrative was painted as a bunch of high school boys surrounded a Native American man who was beating a drum and singing and were mocking him and staring him down, and calling him and and saying things like build that wall and like pretty much insulting him to his face. That was like the premise of the story. And there's a video about a 30 second clip of this boy with a um, Make America Great Again hat on staring at the Indian man while he is singing this is he singing this um, Indian song and beating this drum. And all the boys around him were kind of like cheering, and it's kind of hard to tell, honestly. At first, like, are they, are they laughing at him, or, or like, or like, are they just cheering with him? It's hard to know, but they pretty much painted that 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 he was definitely being mocked in the video. Right. So, so this right. story comes out, and it go, I mean, it goes viral. And honestly, I mean, when I first read it too, I thought the same thing. Like, wow, like that's terrible and crazy. And like they they according to many of the articles, the narrative was that that, that, that the boys were surrounding him, uh, the Indian man, and he had no way out, and it was just really terrible. But then someone in like my newsfeed posted a link that was like the true story behind. You know this incident, and I was kind of hesitant to click on it because it was from some like no name like news source, and a lot of times those are like really super slanted or not even really news at all. It's just kind of uh, someone's opinion masked as you know news. But I clicked right. on it, and there were all these other videos of the same incident showing that really that wasn't the case at all. That actually what what happened was totally different, and that and that the boys were essentially waiting for their bus and these other people, these, I think they're called the black Israelites. They're a group of people who, um, Af- who are African American who believe that, that they're part of like the, the Israelite nation. And they started hur- uh, hurling insults at the boys for wearing those hats, like calling them like all these terrible names and all this stuff. And then that man essentially stepped in during like, like I guess the conflict with the drum. And according to the main boy who was seen on camera uh, uh, staring him down, the boy was just standing peacefully trying to like make him feel actually more comfortable, not trying to make him feel awkward at all. And so I read this. I saw all the video. There's probably like seven or eight other videos from different angles that completely dismiss that narrative. Um, but yet the narrative was on CNN's main homepage. And I will say they did end up correcting it as more of the story came out. They even posted mm-hmm. the boy's full like version of what actually happened. But it did make, it did make me think a lot that we are very, very quick to like get like thirty second clips of something, see it in one light, and assume certain things, and then just like really destroy people's lives. I mean, this kid was—he's a high schooler. He's probably underage, and he's gotten death threats, and like his family's gotten death threats. I'm like, that's crazy. All because someone posted a clip of something, someone took it out of context, painted a picture, and here we are. Even though that's not at all what happened. To the point where major news outlets are re are, are, are retracting their original post and putting up this one in place of it. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> Just people's reactions in general were like so extreme. Did you hear uh, you know, the actress uh, Lisa Milano? Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear the quote from her? No. She said, this is the quote, the red MAGA hat is the new white hood. Oh, boy. Like, how extreme is that? It's, <laughs> That's it's ridiculous. Very, it's very extreme because hopefully everyone who listens to this show knows that I do not like President Trump for many, many, many reasons and that I am definitely no fan for a lot of reasons. However, you know, calling people who support him like flat out racist is is a complete stereotype of that general population which is exactly what people on the left have told us is wrong to do with other people groups you know you can't stereotype people it's not good and i i I agree with that but when it comes to certain people it's still okay to stereotype them like in, in that case jordan that quote wearing that hat automatically means like you're a racist and like you must hate people or whatever whatever fill in the blanks that you have you know and it's crazy how hyper partisan and how 
really extreme that kind of rhetoric has gotten and been accepted. Like somehow it's logical. It's the most illogical thing ever. It's, it's completely hypocritical because some of those people are the same ones who would tell us, don't judge a book by its cover, you know, and for all, all, all other kinds of reasons for different people groups that maybe are more, quote unquote, marginalized. So it's right. just kind of crazy to me. It was the same people that were posting all of Martin Luther King Jr.'s quotes today. And it's just like, did, <laughs> why, why didn't you apply these quotes two days ago? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, by the way, Robin Jordan, I had a question to ask you about that, um, that, that Martin Luther King quote thing. So I've noticed something. And I want to be careful here because I don't want to come across critical of church life. I've been trying to get very much, uh, I've been trying to get a lot better with, with how I approach this, okay? But I have noticed a trend today on a lot of my Instagram accounts. Every like church that I follow had some quote about Martin Luther King in some like, you know, either like, um, uh, you know, anti-racist thing or like taking care of like the oppressed thing. And it kind of shocks me a little bit because, or not shocks me, I just had a hard time reconciling like oh now that it's mlk day now we're gonna celebrate why this stuff is not good but maybe like when it's not this kind of day we don't really care so much about these issues does that make sense and i'm not saying i can't speak on behalf of like what most churches do i know how my church handles that stuff so i can speak on their behalf i guess in that sense but i just feel like if we were all this concerned about like racial issues and you know that kind of stuff I think our culture would, would perceive the church a little bit differently if it was if it, if it was on the front of our minds the way that we portrayed it today. So I don't know if, if I'm kind of off base there, but it made me think about that earlier. Yeah, it, it almost. I'll I'll tread carefully as well. It almost um, is a movement in churches to get more followers, and not, not so much that they care about the issue itself. Right, right, and I I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype, right? I don't want to assume that it's for that. I don't want to assume that that is true for every church. I don't want to right. do that. However, yeah, absolutely, it's just really hard to discern because I feel like a lot of the churches that I follow, I never hear anything about that until it's MLK Day, and now right. we're passionate about that, and then tomorrow probably won't be at the forefront of the conversation. So right. I, maybe it's like the inner cynic in me still or the inner critic, you know, of kind of like, well, do you really care or do you just want like the social media likes of, yeah, man, like we're all for this. Oh, good. Like they're good people. But in practice, there's no like practicality or like right. physical no acts. Through. Yeah. Of like actually trying to mend race relations. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think if there was like no actual uh, if a church wasn't actually doing anything towards that or doing anything towards like helping the poor already and they just happened to like post a quote from MLK I don't think that would like that doesn't change anything like they're still not doing things right then I think it would be like the case that you're saying um but if if a church is like is doing things and they post something, then it's you know that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like what are you actually doing? Right before you posted the quote, and now that you've posted the quote, are you actually doing anything? <laughs> right, and I suppose it's a double edged sword because I feel like if there was a church that was always promoting what they were doing, I'd be like, well they're really public and like they should be doing this stuff in secret. You know, so like I feel like either way maybe like they, they can't win with me a little bit. Does that make sense? Um yeah. but I think I don't know what that's like. Yeah, yeah. But I think that I do think though that that if the Capital C church as a whole in America really cared that much about those things, we would see more active things happening in our society around that thing, around those, around race related to the church. I think right now, for better or for worse, because politics really infiltrates every part of uh, an American's life, it's really hard to see like what churches are like actively pursuing those things and which ones aren't because right now the church is kind of known for as a whole siding more on the evangelical right and kind of adopting all of those policies, which would include kind of dismissing 
things like Black Lives Matter or kind of trying to like, you know, well, all lives matter, which I understand what they're saying, but I just don't think it's like, it kind of misses the point. Does that, does that make, make sense? Yep. Yeah. So, I don't really know. I could be way off on that, but just something <laughs> I thought about today that I wanted to get your opinions on. I'm not really sure where I fall on it. Yeah, I, well, I'll have to think about it for a little bit. Great. That's what I get for doing a podcast with two, um, what's the word? <laughs> Um, internal, proce- internal, internal processes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, give me like ten minutes of silence, and uh, I'll get back to you with probably a, a great percep- uh, insight that I'll never think about. But I got to wait ten we'll minutes. Uh, we'll definitely weed out some listeners doing that. Though. <laughs> yeah, probably all of them. Um, all actual f- silence. <laughs> yeah, all four of our listeners out there—they're just like, eh, I'm over nope. it. <laughs> We're down to two. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of our listeners probably come from us listening to it when it comes out to, to see how it sounded. So, I don't listen to our podcast. Wow. All right. I guess, <laughs> guess it's just me then. <laughs> listen, we had to sit through it once. I'm not going to sit through it again. This is really just Tim Whitaker's personal counseling sessions and therapy for all the world to see. Hey, but if it helps here. one other person... It's worth yes, it. and you know what? We have actually gotten some great feedback from people that we don't know at all in any circle. So that's always reassuring. So Correct. hearing people say that they listen to the podcast or that, or that they found us is very um, – it's pretty awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, strangers. So, yes. I, so do you, should I tell my segue story into our actual topic? Oh, yeah, sure, Rob. Go ahead. So Julia started going to a gym. Uh, burn boot camp and what's it called burn boot camp burn boot camp mm. yeah and it's I, I mean it's pretty cool they offer child care so it works for her schedule and there are 45 minute classes and they have the class all day and every location in every state is doing the same class so wherever you are you can go and still be in your routine so she's been going and every day she comes home and just like drenched in sweat, super tired, super sore. So today I was like, hey, why don't I go with you? Because guys can, it's a, mainly a female only gym, but guys can go to the 4.30, 5.30, and 6.30. So I was like, well, why don't I go with you to the 5.30, kind of check it out, see what's, see what's up. So I get there and it was probably 50-50 uh, men and, and women. Um, just because that's when guys are normally getting off work and join their wives or whatever, whatever the case is. Mm. So I get in there, we start going. I've never felt less like a man. (laughs) (laughs) Like we, we were just doing the warm up. We got done the warm up, and I was like, that's it. Right. We're, we're done. We're good. (laughs) I couldn't keep up with Julia. She wow. was like, yeah. after after I was like, babe, I am so impressed with you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I get for not working out. That's for true. An extended amount of time. But it was full of women who were all doing great things. And I was very proud of them all. But the one lady like in front of me, you had to do these innumerable amount of sets of just cardio activity like full body exercise you gotta burn that booty rob burn the booty and she was just (laughs) killing it and i was like i can't keep up with her i can't do it (laughs) so my masculinity took a little shot and i was okay with that because they were in much better shape than i was Mm. but i mean Toxic femininity. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's your transition? Toxic That's femininity? Oh, my gosh. You Tim, had, why don't you, uh, you, had like, you had like three hours or four hours to think about that transition, Rob. That's all I get. Listen, I was putting my kids to bed. I had no time to think about it. All right. Okay, everyone. Well, oh, my God. I guess it's up to me to save this episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, focus right here. Focus on my voice. Don't listen to Rob's voice. So as I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, know, Gillette recently released um, a commercial um, about the effects of toxic masculinity on society and how pretty much it's time to stand up to it and it's time to be the best that a man can be, essentially. Am I, am I um, misrepresenting that, Jordan? 
No. Thank you. And so, <laughs> you know, for those Could of you... Can you tell in my voice that there was more? more oh, totally, totally. Okay, I'll let you go. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, Jordan, uh, Rob, and myself, we have obviously a group chat, and we discuss a lot of this stuff over text whenever we can, and frankly, it's great. And so, of course, this commercial, of course, besides besides being full of Babylon Bee articles, our threads are sometimes <laughs> full of, like, actual discussion. So, um, I think one of us shared this ad, me or you, Jordan, one of us, and of course, no surprise, Jordan and I are on what appears to be very different sides of this of this conversation. But before <laughs> I do that, let me kind of I can I'm gonna pull the the um, commercial up so you guys can hear it, um, and then it will it's, this should re- record in the episode so people can kind of hear like part of the you know the uh, commercial. I figure I figure we can pause it whenever you want me to, Jordan, so we can discuss like line by line. What your problem with with this commercial is? Um. Okay. I might not stop you if you just want to play the whole thing. Well, through. let's see. It's a minute and forty eight seconds. Can go back. Let's see. I'll kind of try and narrate it if I can as well. Here we go. Okay. Soft music. Is this the best a man can get? Are they running? Yeah. They're, is it a kid's being chased? People running. A kid's being bullied online. We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. Yeah, there's bad, uh, bad <laughs> harassment of women on TV. Get laughing. And you thought we would give the ten minutes of silence? <laughs> a man in a boardroom is patting a woman on the shoulder, making the same old excuses. Two boys are beating each other up, but something finally changed. I can't hear anything. You can't? No. <laughs> no. Oh. Is that <laughs> not working? Time. <laughs> what? Just keep narrating. Keep no, narrating. it's recording. I think it's recording. Okay, but I can't. Hold on. I'm gonna, let me pause for a second and listen back. Give me one sec. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, no. We. I just double-checked. It's definitely there. Allow me to continue on for all of our listeners. And there will be no going back. Because we... We believe in the best in men. men Gillette believes in the best in men. Let that be noted, Jordan. Smile, sweetie. Come That's on. what they said on the on the. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Now it's a guy stopping another guy from catcalling a woman. Already are. That's pretty much the commercial. Yada yada yada. Pretty much all the situations that were in the beginning are now rectified by men. So if two boys are beating each other up and men are watching. Now a dad steps in and tells the boys to stop fighting, etc. So for some reason, Jordan, you had a big problem with this ad. Um, I don't have a problem at all with it. I just think it's <laughs> Gillette saying, hey, as men, let's not be jerks and like you know harass women and treat them as objects. And let's raise our boys and be involved in their life. And apparently for some people, that was just too much to handle. And uh, here we are uh, having a whole podcast episode over a Gillette commercial. So well done, Gillette. You did it. Free promotion. <laughs> I'd like to think that the Gillette ad just sparked a deeper conversation. <laughs> it's not all about the Gillette ad. I'm listening. But here's my here's my general problem with that ad. It's not the things that they're saying, like the specific things that they're saying. Like if you take it line by line, I don't really have a problem with anything in the ad. Okay. And that's why I said, go ahead and play the whole thing. Because my problem with it is not like any specific thing that they said. It's more so the general, like, uh, how do I put this? It's just that idea that there are somehow all of these things that make masculinity toxic somehow. And it's that they're not drawing a clear distinction between the things that they say are wrong and the things that really there isn't anything wrong with in masculinity. An example in the Gillette ad is they show the kids, two kids beating beating each other up and the dads like standing behind barbecue grills and saying boys will be boys. And that's like, we're just going to dismiss this bullying or fighting, whatever. And that's toxic somehow. And it's an example of that. I feel like where they're lumping something like barbecuing, which is totally benign into this idea of like toxic masculinity. 
And that's just an example of it. I feel like the whole idea that I have a problem with is that they're lumping all these things together, the good and the bad, about what it means to be a man and saying this is toxic. Do you get what I'm saying? Are you saying, and I'm, this is not uh, like a funny question, that you have a problem with them putting in like normal guy things in the ad with like not normal or not good guy things like barbecuing and guys picking each other up is like a, I didn't even think about that being like a thing. I just figured you have to have a background for what men tend to do when they're outside and usually they barbecue. So I didn't see it as in like contrasting, you know, oh, this is a, this is just all bad. Like this is whatever this guy is doing is definitely bad. Right. And that's how I feel like that's why it bothered me more so is because it when you watch the ad, it comes across as such like a uh, this isn't even part of the point they're trying to make kind of thing. Like you're saying, it's just a backdrop for the point they're trying to make. But it's still there in the ad with along with the point they're trying to make. And I'm not even saying that it was necessarily their intention to say that somehow, uh, you know, barbecuing is part of toxic masculinity. Um, but it's that whole concept of, you know, there are things that are typical guy things, um, that are now being portrayed as bad or toxic alongside these things that are actually bad and toxic. Does that make sense? It does, but there are definitely normal, well, I'm using air quotes here, normal, quote unquote, guy things that are definitely not good and toxic that guys do all the time that I think have been in our culture for a very long time. And I'm not saying Gillette is like the catalyst of this change. I'm just saying, and listen, for the record, I'm not saying Gillette's even noble. I mean, they definitely have, when they did this ad, they definitely took a calculated risk of them getting more people, not less, right? No business wants to lose people. So I'm sure, I'm not going to say that that someone's like, you know what? It's time to take a stand, even if it costs us a lot of money. No, they have millions of dollars towards research marketing of if this ad would go over the way that they wanted it to. So I'm not even saying that, that, that Gillette is somehow a noble company. I'm just taking the ad for what it is. So I want to preface that first. Right. I'm yeah. not trying to advocate for them being good. Um, but my point, though, is that the ad does bring up that there are a lot of things that guys are brought up thinking they're okay to do that maybe are not okay to do. And for me, the biggest ones out of all of them are the cat calling, the sexual harassment, you know, that kind of stuff, which for me goes into a whole different vein of, I think, what I would definitely call, I mean, listen, maybe toxic masculinity isn't, isn't like the best word that I would even choose to use. Maybe twisted masculinity or like, or just like brokenness. I mean, there's a lot of words that we can use, but I'll take toxic if that's the word our culture is going to use. Sure, why not? You know, there are a lot of things that guys do that they think are normal that are not okay, like how they objectify women consistently. I mean, that, that's a very common thing around a lot of guys. They don't even probably think about it, you know, but it happens. I've, I shared the story with you guys. I was at the gym and overheard two guys commenting on a woman's body as she walked by. It's just like, why is that like an okay thing to do? It, I don't think she would appreciate it, and that's not that's not a good thing to do. So for me, that kind of stuff I totally agree with. Like, yeah, we shouldn't be catcalling women. That's just kind of like a no-brainer for me. And I think another issue that we kind of had with the video, and we talked about this previously, but um, <clears throat> the the fact that it trying to word this correctly, but that it set up a toxic masculinity as these normal things that guys do, like you've been saying, but when we look at what masculinity is supposed to be, those things are not in it. And so we've, our culture has tried to, our culture likes to redefine words a lot. Sure. And I, I think masculinity is one of those words that has been redefined to be something other than what it was originally intended to be. Like if we go back to the scriptures and look at how Jesus, you know, he was, he was the pinnacle of a human being and the pinnacle of what a man was intended to be. You never saw him doing any of those things. He, I mean, he had um, a pretty close relationship with a prostitute, and you never read anything negative about it. He was always very comforting. He, I mean, he saved her. She adored him. She worshipped him. So these, these are things that should define masculinity. 
they should be able to go into these situations and be a, a, a cause of justice and righteousness. But our culture has taken the bad things that the sinful human condition has twisted, and now we've redefined it to say, well, that's what all guys do, so that's what masculinity is. And in that regard, I would totally say, yeah, that's toxic masculinity. But it's not the masculinity that should be or that was originally intended. Oh, I mean, 100%. I I think this is really culture's way of trying to do its best to correct what it's now realizing has been a very unhealthy culture of men doing a lot of things that, that they were taught from other men was normal and other and women have allowed in, in, in a lot of ways, not in every way, but, but well, like, right. women have maybe, have maybe put up with is a better word. Um, and we're, they're looking back saying, actually, maybe it's not okay that we do this or maybe it's not okay that men were taught to always hold their emotions in and that like if you cry, that's a sign of weakness. Maybe it's actually something different than that. And so that's kind of what I'm saying is like I'm my point as a Christian is like I want to affirm wherever I see good. Like, oh, like that's great. Like they're trying to recapture like from what I can gather, like the heart of like true masculinity, you know, like that, that there's a, a necessary strength that – men need to bring to the world but when it's abused it actually is very dangerous and really hurtful and ends up leaving a lot of hurt people behind them right like the kid who grows up fatherless or whatever else it would be i mean there's a lot of examples we can bring up you know right the the person the man who's too quick to anger or the man who hits his wife or the man who is short-tempered or the man who is an addict you know like there are all these different twists of masculinity and when they're bred in a culture of like yeah man like this is normal you know, I think we're starting to reap the consequences, especially in particular. I think of statistically how many kids grow up without a, without a dad. It's like it's almost. It's, I think it's close to half. It's not maybe that high, but it's in like the the I think high thirties, low forties at least. Of you know, a lot of men and women are growing up without a dad present, and how much that impacts our society is huge. It's interesting that point that how many men, young men, grow up without a father figure. And that's what leads to issues with masculinity later on. It's not like it's not that they've had this like uh, hugely negative masculine figure in their life. It's that they haven't had any at all. I think that's interesting. I, I understand your point, and and I see um, what you're saying about kind of what our culture has accepted as part of masculinity. Um, what I guess I feel like happens sometimes and i've definitely seen this in our culture's response to that like over like manly man he man you know i guess that traditional sense which has swung so far to that side that it's become normal to um you know not show emotion even when you should that it's become normal to uh, objectify women and things like that has it's swung to that side and the culture's response in some in some situations at least has been to swing it really back far back the other way and while it's stripping it of all the bad things is also stripping it of good things that you know, if maybe taken to an extreme have become some of those negative things that we've seen, but now you're stripping the negative things and you're stripping the positive things that was underneath that. Like the idea that men should be strong, that they should be leaders and, and not strength necessarily in a physical sense. And this goes back to Rob's awesome intro story. (laughs) (laughs) He's a weakling. (laughs) Shout out to Rob there. Um, but yeah, there, but should, you know, possess this strength and leadership and initiative and things like that. And we, I, I definitely see a cultural response that often swings it back too far the other direction. Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, I would totally agree. There's definitely a push to, there's just like weird push. I don't know, I don't know how to say it without maybe offending someone out there. So if I offend you, I don't mean to, but I don't know how else to call it out, I guess. There seems to be this push to like make the sexes come across as like they're the exact same. Right? Like, oh, like men and women are the same. And in one sense, like, yes, they're human beings and like they're have the same worth for sure and they're equally they should be equally as valued. But in another way, they are naturally, without any 
you know, societal pressures, they're just naturally also very different. And that's also mm-hmm. why society or any society can can flourish because you need both of those feminine and masculine traits to make a society work. I mean, that's just a reality. And I, there seems to be almost like this push of like, I don't know how to explain it, but it just seems like almost like a denial of like femininity a little bit where it's like, or or the weakening of masculinity. I don't know which one it is. You know, of like it's like well, pushing everyone towards the middle, <laughs> right? And it's like, well, like, can't why can't we celebrate like our differences? I mean, like Sarah and I are extremely different, and I mean, in every way. I mean, we're obviously biologically, that's a no brainer, right? But um, the way we think, the way we, we well, <laughs> the way we think, the way we you, talk. You find people who would argue with that as well. <laughs> I, I I'm not even going down that path. To me, that's just it's it's bio, but uh, whatever. Um. You know, but we're very different people, right? Like, even our desires are different, but that's why we love each other because I'm not looking to marry someone who is me. <laughs> I'm not looking <laughs> to marry someone who has masculine traits. That's not what I'm interested in. And Sarah's not interested in someone who has feminine traits. You know, like she's looking for someone with masculine traits. I mean, it's it's a it's just a very natural thing to do. But there does seem to be this like very big push of like and I well, of of equality, and I know where it's coming from. I think it's coming from this idea of like, hey, for a lot of years, women were kind of seen as like below men for right or for wrong. I'm not saying that maybe it's even accurate, but there was at least at a minimum this perception that women are kind of just like, you know, they're kind of good for like being at home and being quiet and like not bothering the men. And like you're just kind of there to serve your men. You know, I think we've all seen the old like 1950s ads about that. That's kind of like laughable now, but it is, it was a thing, you know, where like there was this push of like, well, no, just be a good, just be there for your husband. Like you're there to serve your husband. It's like, well, no, that's not, I don't think healthy either. I mean, my, my wife is a fully autonomous human being, you know, like she, can do what she wants like she has her own will and that's a beautiful thing but i think like you said jordan in to push the pendulum now we're starting to swing to the other side where it's like no deny your own basic characteristics and traits like no deny your masculinity no deny your femininity you want to be a stay-at-home mom that is terrible like why would you subjugate yourself to something so terrible as being a stay-at-home mom or you're in the military and you like you know you work out a lot you're a you're a big guy how dare you like you know be so macho almost (laughs) does that make sense you know and like definitely does seem to be this like you're right in that sense like like this like push on like you can't really be who you were maybe created to be Unless it fits a certain narrative, right? Yeah, and, they, and there's a problem of um, eliminating. I think in in regards to that, eliminating differences, but there's the elimination of gender roles. There there are specific gender roles in society as a whole, in the family, in churches that should be noted and should be followed. And that that same push that's trying to eliminate the differences, I think, is also eliminating the roles as well. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Why did Satan tempt Eve instead of tempting Adam? Because he wanted to switch the roles. It's It's been happening since the fall of man that the roles are starting to... Anything that God creates and says, this is good... He created man and female. He created them, and he said that it was good, or very good. But Satan was like, God says it's good. I'm going to flip it. And so he goes in, tempts Eve, wants to flip the gender roles. And there's a lot of people that would argue with those gender roles, which that's a whole other topic for a whole different podcast series. But I think that's also ingrained in this theology that we're talking about, or this movement is to eliminate those roles altogether as well. Do you think that, hmm, you know, I I hear what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree, but I kind of, not disagree, but I think I have a question maybe for clarification. Do you think, though, that maybe there was definitely a, I guess, season or like an era when maybe there was a very like legalistic approach to like those gender roles though like in like a marriage like well women you have to be this and men you have to be this and like if it's anything different if it's anything different at all like you're just it's not biblical it's like unhealthy like is there any room for like um a couple to figure out like what works for them even if it's maybe outside of like a more traditional role yeah i'm not saying that 
the man should always go to work and come home and the wife should do laundry and raise the children and wash the dishes. Like, I'm, I'm not advocating for that strict, legalistic, stereotypical household. But just there are you were you were saying how you and Sarah are very different. Well, in the same way, um, men and women are typically very, very mentally different and um, approach things in a much different way. That's why mothers usually make really good parents is because they're very nurturing. Men are more logical. And I'm not saying it has to be, you know, you're 75% logical, you're 25% emotional, but that's not what I'm saying. Down to how we function, how our brains are wired, is that's just the science of how it works. And those aren't bad things that we should relegate and get rid of. Those are things we should embrace and say, you know what? God made them male and female because they're complementary. They're not, they're not different and one is less than the other. They're complementary and together they make what God intended man to be. Yeah, I think it's important that we mention that because I think people can kind of fill in their own assumptions of the words that we're using based on however they grew up or whatever they think you know, I'm not sure if everyone who's listening is like a Christian, right? So I'm not sure like what assumptions they're they're filling in when we say like traditional roles or like whatever it would be. So I think it's important that we clarify that, that none of this is is we're not advocating for like okay, like in order for your marriage to work, like your wife must be the homemaker and you must be like the breadwinner. There are definitely right. people that we know where that's not the case at all. In fact, it's the opposite, you know, where maybe the woman is has a great career and she loves it and the man likes being home more anyway and it works out wonderfully. But the yeah. point is that there tends to be, if you're looking at a scale or if you're looking at kind of like the overarching overarching picture of, of, of a marriage, so to speak, there tends to be natural roles that men and women kind of fall into naturally without, without anyone pushing them without anyone pushing anything down their throat. It just kind of happens. It's almost like biology. And that should be celebrated. That should be celebrated to the full. I think women should embrace uh, embrace all of their, yeah, embrace all their femininity. And I think men should embrace all of their masculinity. And both of them should be aware of what, what both of those sides can look like if they're twisted, right? Like I think that men, when it's twisted, can be super domineering and dominant and bossy and controlling and manipulative and just you know like just really a jerk frankly right and i think that women when it's taken to uh in, in when it's i guess when it's twisted as well can be all kinds of other things right can be maybe manipulative themselves or can be who knows i don't i'm not a girl so i don't know really know what that looks like but they can be <laughs> something you know i got more examples of that too. i'm just gonna tread super carefully there and just say who knows but i'm sure there are reasons for it you know but my point though is that i agree with you jordan i'm saying that in a long-winded way but you know essentially i i tend to align with that that we have to be aware of what culture is saying at all times but i i think in moments like this i would like to i would want to say yes like hey keep going like that's you're getting somewhere. Like, yes, we shouldn't be as men accepting that, you know, pornography is okay and just normal. You're absolutely right. Like, we shouldn't be catcalling women. Yes, we should teach our boys, like, how to be men. And that, like, beating each other up over issues is not, like, the best way to resolve things in, like, almost every case, you know. Um, or that, yes, you should be a present father in your child's life. Like, yes, those are great things. Go Gillette, you know. So that's kind of how I saw it. Like, yeah, I get the Me Too movement thing. I get, like, where they're drawing it from. But for now, like, I'll take the meat and spit out the bones. Like, I'll take it. It's a win. Right. And that's, I guess, where I feel felt, I guess, just a little bit differently about it. That I didn't, like I said, I didn't specifically have a problem with, like, any of the, the uh, specific things they addressed in the video. Um, I guess I felt like it kind of, the ad as a whole... Because, like I said, I didn't feel like it was clear in its distinction between things that there's no problem with and things that there is a problem with, and it kind of just presented all these things. I thought it was a little bit of a confusing ad in general, <laughs> just the way it kind of like showed things and, and, and how it said things. Um, and it, it just made it kind of feel more like that. Um, I'm just having a problem getting my words out. Just it felt more like it was um, swinging towards that side, I guess. Like I was saying, that it's it's making an effort not just 
to put down these things that are negative, but also wanting to um, say that men, there's a problem with men and it's their masculinity, you know, and, yeah. and not and, and then not clarifying the, what parts of the masculinity that it's talking about. Right. Um, and, you know, like I, I was doing, you know, research and just like around on the Internet and I noticed one of the things that uh, just kind of reinforced my thinking on this was when you type in masculinity, the word masculinity into Google um, and then put a space bar, the second suggested option is masculinity is toxic. And I just felt like when you say toxic masculinity, that sounds like, okay, here's the bad parts about masculinity that we would all agree are the bad parts. But when you flip that around and you say masculinity is toxic, that then swings way far into the other side and says all of these things that make men men is part of the problem. That's right. No, men that, need to be less like that. For sure. See, that's. I guess that's just how I felt. And 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 the Gillette ad was not like super. You know, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of my. I think that's kind of what maybe I'm saying as well is that I don't think that that they use those words in that ad. And I think what's happening is a very classic. I mean, this happens all the time around ads, like all the time, right? People react, and then people post it on their social media accounts, and then pundits on different political sides weigh in, and all of a sudden, like this ad becomes like a political statement that that maybe it never said. All of a sudden, right? So, and maybe it did. I mean, obviously, they really they refer to the Me Too movement, which I think is actually really great in a lot of ways, but does tend to align more on the left than on the right politically, only because the right has kind of rejected that in a, in, in a sense, and the left has really embraced it in a sense. So I think what I'm realizing is that we're very, and I'm, I did this too, I think, well, let me back up for one second. Here's the thought I've been thinking about that ties into this directly. I've really been thinking a lot about how, as a culture, including the church culture, but as a culture in America, we have really allowed politics to invade topics of discussion that they should not be invading. So, like, for example, we have come to this point now in our in our country where if I told someone who maybe was liberal, like, yeah, I think that we should really be a fiscally conservative government, they would automatically fill in the blanks on all the other issues that maybe are social issues for me. Like they would automatically assume that I must lean really pro gun and really pro Trump and really pro border wall and really whatever it is. They would just assume those things. And if I told someone who was conservative that I really believe that we should protect the environment, they would automatically fill in the blanks of, oh, he must be pro choice. It must be pro whatever it is, LGBTQ rights and pro healthcare for all. And you know, um, all those things, right? Which isn't fair because I didn't say any of that. But you just people just assume because of one statement, I'm now aligning myself with a political party, and we do this in the church as well. Like if depending on what certain people say, now I've done this as well. I mean, I've done this. I'm guilty of this. If someone says a statement that maybe leans more right, I kind of assume that they're a Trump supporter, border wall supporter, <laughs> and vice versa, right? But I think in this case, it's the same thing. Where like I think Gillette. Took, took this thing, did this like hot button topic of the time, and now people are like automatically assuming like, oh, they must be saying like, they must be aligned with like this political party, or they must be aligned with like this women's movement automatically, like to the T, because they said that we should be better men than like whatever we're showing on the TV screen. And therefore, people on the right, like Ben Shapiro, I'm sure Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, those guys are all like, no, this is crazy. Like, it's just more of the of the feminist movement, like trying to chop our balls off pretty much. I mean, that's pretty much how they see it, honestly. <laughs> you know, and then you have the other side who's like, wow, like, yeah, Gillette, like, we should really make all men effeminate. And I, I don't know if Gillette was trying to say that, but we are just filling in our own narrative of like, Whatever that is, you know. So I think we have to be really careful of that because we can easily fill in gaps that were never meant to fill, be filled in in that way. Right. Yeah, I agree. Especially as Christians, I think that's like a super um, big issue that we, you know, even when it comes to like questions of spiritual things or in the church, um, and you throw it to one side or the other. Um, yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to kind of just prove that point, I was talking actually, Jordan, I was talking to your brother when I went, when I went up to visit him in upstate New York. And I, I, the example I always use is like, I say, his name is Jesse, and I say, you know, Jess, if He's I... He's been on the podcast. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like a, a, yeah, a couple of years ago. I'll, I'll say, Jess, if I preached like maybe at like my church or like wherever, you know, like, like a pretty typical evangelical church, and let's say I preached on... Um, for, we'll use a real easy one, uh, the planet. And I pulled from Genesis 1 and, and Genesis 2. I talked about, hey, like we're stewards of the planet and biblically speaking, we should really make sure that we're taking care of it. People would automatically label that a political statement, even though it's not. It's a biblical statement, right? And the right. same thing goes for the unborn. If I bring up like how I think abortion really is murder and how biblically we're called to protect the unborn, they would also label me a certain they would also see it as a political statement when I'm like, no, it's a biblical statement. Like I'm just reading what the scripture talks about, right? So it's just interesting how we really let political categories mm. fill our thoughts before we even get biblical. Like the Bible's for taking care of the poor, but churches tend to shy away from that publicly because they don't want to get associated with social justice for whatever reason. But that's not a social justice issue. It's a biblical issue. So that's why we need to do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just very interesting to me. Yeah, it's crazy how much we do that within the church. And then we wonder why, like, people in secular culture looking at Christians are like, well, you're obviously, you know, so far to this side. Or you're, because we've kind of done that ourselves to a certain extent, too. And I think it's important that, like, what I think you're saying, some of what you're saying is like the importance of separating, um, you know, politics, which is a secular, you know, issue in our country that yes, Christians, and I know Rob probably has different thoughts (laughs) than you, Tim, on this, but that's a different subject. But, you know, Christians are involved in to a certain extent, yes, because we live in this society. Um, but then, you know, we, we don't hold to that. That's not our highest calling is not to politics or a political party um, or even to, to social, you know, morality. It's to what the Bible says and what the Bible teaches. Um, and I think that plays in, in an interesting way to just the rest of this conversation that we're having because one of the other thoughts I had was just the way that culture, when culture sees a problem – I should clarify secular culture sees a problem like, you know, here are some problems with toxic masculinity. Um, and it tries to search for like the root cause of that. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about the difference between, you know, like behaviors that come out of toxic aspects of masculinity and then what really causes them deep down. Um, and just how like, uh, even like, uh, sexual abuse and um, pornography and bullying and things like that, they're really like outpouring behaviors of deeper problems. And, and culture is going to do the same thing that we do when we're searching for a cause to the, for those behaviors and those problems. But the difference is that secular culture is never going to get to the real heart of it when they're doing, when they're making their search Um, And I feel like what happens sometimes in that situation is that the blame falls somewhere that it shouldn't. You know, it falls on um, men are just too, you know, domineering. Men are too uh, outspoken. Men are too, you know, worried about leadership and and being strong. And they need to just not worry about those things anymore because that's the problem. Um, But we can see and realize as Christians because we have a biblical worldview and a biblical perspective, when we're searching for the root cause of these behavioral issues that we see, we can trace that back to the brokenness that's really at the heart of that. And it really comes down to, you know, this is the sin that's in the world and this sin nature um, and and back to that fall. And it was just kind of like an interesting thing to think about how – you know, that can change your perspective on an issue when you don't have the ability to really get to the heart of it. (laughs) And that's, I feel like that's what I see in like cultural and secular culture's response to some of these things is like, they're trying, but they really can't, (laughs) you know, as much as hard as they try, they can't get to the heart of it because they're not going to consider that. They're only going to be chopping off the top of the weed. 
Right. Right. And part of that is because there's a, I mean, there's a million reasons for that. And part of it's because when we talk about culture, we're talking about like a mass group of people. That's one part. And inside that mass group, you have like 3000 different views on what that is. I mean, that's one reason, one very simple reason, but you're right, Jordan. I mean, at the end of the day, these are heart issues. These are like deeper than just how someone acts, right? All we're seeing is the result. We're not seeing the work underneath um, of like what's causing that. And I think you're right as well, where we, if anything, we need that we need a more true version of masculinity. <laughs> we don't need mm-hmm. less of masculinity. We need a true version of that um, because it's part of how we're made to live. Just like how we need true femininity. You know, I don't. Yeah. We don't need more girls posing on Playboy, or we don't need more. You know, does that make sense? Like we just mm-hmm. how men can be. Uh, can use like their own gifts in the wrong ways. I think the same thing goes for women, right? So uh, we don't need more of that. We need women who are like, you know, I don't know what's the right word, but just like, I guess, true and authentic and genuine. And they understand that, like, obviously, like taking care of themselves and like just being, I don't know, I guess strong is so important, right? You need those women who are like motivated and like who can like take charge of like their house with, with their husband and like lead like with their family together you need that as much as you need a man who is willing to submit at times and say you know what like what do you think like i need your input like let, let's talk about this i need a co-leader here so anyway the point is is that i think you need both sides to work well you know you just yeah. do e- e- either variation either twist and you're in for a world of hurt yeah then we've so a, a very scriptural view is that women are a support to men right and, and that's been twisted to be something that, oh, women support men, which means they're less than them, and men are the real decision makers, and they control everything. But that's really not it at all. And a good example is um, Julian and I got married, and she is definitely one that has pushed me into, um, even, let's take career, for example. I I would be very content with just sitting back. I had a good job and just kind of sitting back doing the normal things every day. But Julia, in her support of me, actually pushed me and encouraged me to keep going and keep growing. And what else can you do? And so in that regard, it wasn't that she was less than me. It was actually a very good help and support that she was able to encourage me and and push me forward in even my career. And so there wasn't that hierarchy of things that was going on. She was a very good asset to me. And we need more women like that, that are there to encourage, to support, to lift up, to come alongside and um, really encourage our men to be men. And then in turn, our men would encourage our women to be women. Yeah. And yeah. with with that, we would see what God's intention is and that, oh, wow, he actually knew what he was doing when he created humankind in this way to be complementary and to serve him in different ways, in different roles, but equal and together. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what, I mean, when I was going through my uh, panic attacks about a year ago, I mean, Sarah was invaluable to like that whole situation. I mean, I, I, I needed her more than I needed oxygen at times, you know, like she was such a rock. And I think what happens though, Rob, is that people will hear that and they'll say, well, it just like, it's not, it, it doesn't capture the whole essence of like what a woman really can be. And I tend to agree to a, an extent, right. you know, like obviously yeah. a woman is not just like a helpful person. <laughs> like, in fact, I find myself now more than ever wanting to encourage Sarah to pursue her passions, you know, like yeah. actually Sarah, exactly. like, yes, like, please, like I, I want to, I want to help you now. Like, how can I help you like with what, with what you're passionate about? She's really into life coaching and really into, you know, she got back into the gym and she loves it. I'm like, great. Like, how can I help you? So I would never think of myself less than cause I want to help her just like how right. Sarah probably doesn't think of herself as less than for me when she wants to help me. And I'm, and I, I need it. I think what happens is that you need a humble man who can put his pride down and say, you know what, you're absolutely right, I do need you in my life. And when you do that, it makes life that much better because you don't have to do it on your own. <laughs> you know, I think, I think by and large, women tend to be naturally more uh, community-based anyway. Like they realize that, like, that, 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 that 
that they're usually better together. But men like to like kind of prove that they don't need anyone's help to do anything. But when you get over that like ego of of you not needing anyone's help, and you realize that actually like your wife is a humongous help and is probably way smarter than you in so many things. <laughs> you know, honestly, right? You're like actually I need you way more than I thought. <laughs> Can you help me with so much more? You know, it's actually it becomes a really beautiful thing. It becomes a circle of just mutual help. Is what it comes out to. Yeah, you feel like sometimes you're like, actually, I need you more than you need me. Oh, dude, so. totally. <laughs> if I didn't have Sarah around, I would never leave my house because I could, I wouldn't be able to find my keys. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I, every morning, hey, where are my keys? I mean, I would still be home looking for my freaking keys. I mean, that's a really trivial example, but it's just kind of funny because it's like, yeah, like I, I, I say this often. I'm like, how did I survive like without being married yeah, to you? Tim will tell you it wasn't well. <laughs> That's true. You guys can speak to that. Holy We've both folks. known you. Yes, you're right. Well, I honestly, I don't know how you hiding this from you. Yeah, I don't know how I did it. I mean, you holy smokes, you know. But Sarah, Sarah, I don't think would ever be like, oh, Tim, like you're like my my. My prince, like I couldn't survive without you. It's that, that's not how she is, you know. Like I know that obviously, like I help her, and but it's just a different kind of dynamic for for her than it is for me, you know. I'm like, no, I really like, I can't keep my I can't keep my head on straight if you're not around. But Sarah can keep her head on straight if I'm not around. You know, at least that's how I feel, you know. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean, we definitely went all over the gamut today, but that's what Gillette commercials <laughs> do. They spark all kinds of dialogue. Gillette, get your shade on. Yeah. I feel like this is, I literally feel like Gillette owes us money for us promoting their brand for the past hour. And this episode is sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. (laughs) Now undercutting Gillette. (laughs) Well, I I really hope we said the right things here and people don't bang down our door for being offensive. But if we offended you, I'm sorry. I I don't don't want to tell you. I can't win. I'm going to offend someone on here, so. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. We are who we are. My guess, if I offended anyone, it's probably when I brought up that women should impose for Playboy. There's probably someone out there saying, eh, women are more than just that. They can do whatever they want. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever, you know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I said toxic femininity, so. That's true. You know what? You're right. They're going to bang down your door. For sure. Yeah. I'll just get bullied on Facebook. Hey, Tim, what's your address? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where I live. Uh, anyway, well, everyone, thanks for tuning in and listening. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We went a little bit longer than usual, but I think it needed to be said. So if you have any thoughts, feel free to shoot us an email. Do we still have an email address, Rob? Of course we do. Podcast what is it? Podcast at Feel free to hit us up on Facebook or uh, whatever. So thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. We love when people get the word out. And if you want uh, a review on iTunes, uh, four stars or higher, please, only, uh, would be great. So <laughs> thanks for tuning Any in. stars at this point would be good. Yes. <laughs> well, on that note, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for checking out the Coffee Theology in Jesus podcast. You can always drop us a line on Facebook or through our email, podcast at coffeetheologyandjesus.com, as we love to hear from our listeners. Until next time, drink coffee, discuss theology, and love Jesus. But where's the water? What's your plan?